Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to Grindhouse, where we drink coffee and we talk about movies. My name is Leah Diana, and with my boyfriend and co-host, Sean Tatro, we will be winding back the reels to 1969 with a comic caper about a plan to steal a gold shipment from the streets of Turin, Italy by creating a traffic jam in The Italian Job. Let's get into it. Go! You're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off! We are about to do a job in uh, Italy. It's a very difficult job, and the only way to get through it is we all work together as a team. And that means you do everything I say. Now, what would you like? <laughs> Everything. Down, 
Hang on a minute, lads. I've got a great idea. Spread the word, you dirty cocksuckers. Tell all your great loving friends I want them out of the city now! The nightmare of insane murder. From the depths of hell. Hello, Leah. Hello, Sean. How's it going today? It's cold. It is very cold in this damn apartment. It is. We vowed not to turn the heat on till I wanted December 1st. Uh, <laughs> I don't think we're going to make it. <laughs> no. Uh, we just had to finally turn it on. It's what? The 7th yeah. of November. So we wait, We did pretty good. We waited a while. We waited a while. By the time you guys are seeing this, it'll be well past that. Yeah. But. Yeah. Uh, so, today's venture into the Grindhouse era of cinema is going to be not brought to you by New England Coffee's Medium Roast French Vanilla. Better than the churro thing last time. Way better than the churro thing. <laughs> this one actually isn't too bad. No. I did cheat and put a little bit of the English toffee stuff, but it's very vanilla-y. I can taste it. It's kind of nice. You what? rebel. I didn't put pumpkin spice in. <laughs> Thank God. I have to buy more pumpkin spice. Oh, I'm down to my last bottle. so nice and hot. Oh, I know. Oh, and we like to brew our coffee in a less traditional method. Mm -hmm. uh, it's actually becoming more popular now. But Very popular. We do pour over with a Chemex. Chemex. Thank you, Peter McKinnon, for that fucking recommendation. We are coffee snobs. Our next investment will be a professional barista espresso maker in like 10 years. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I have to say, though, since switching over to cold, uh, to pour over mm. it i can't drink coffee from a normal pot anymore like we're from new england and all you have is duncan or starbucks duncan donuts is i'm sorry trash. hot take toilet water <laughs> <laughs> fucking trash toilet water i cannot deal with how like i have to get the cold brew no water black at either Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts for it to even taste like it, and then it still tastes like burnt coffee beans to me. Oh my god. So, yeah. Honestly, pour over has fucking changed my life. I can't what, live without it What do you it call it, Sean? What do you call it? What do I call it? Yeah, what do you call it when something changes our lives? Fucking game changer, bruh. I hate that phrase. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so Italian Job was my pick because... I really like the 2003 movie. Really? Yes, I really like it. It was with Mark Wahlberg, Charlize Theron, and a bunch of other people I don't remember. And all I remember is the newer style Mini Coopers in the pipes. And I thought that was badass. And I've always wanted to see the original because I really like Michael Caine. I really like Michael Caine. I always have. First movie I ever saw him in is, I told you earlier, Muppet Christmas Carol. <laughs> It's actually kind of funny that you bring up the Mini Cooper. Mm. This 
the Italian job in all of its reincarnations is synom- synonymous with one vehicle. Mini Coupe. Mini Coupe. Yep. The hilarious thing about this movie that we just watched is that there aren't any Mini Coopers in it. <laughs> they say that there are. The characters mention the Mini Cooper. Coopers. They mention the Cooper or the Mini all the time. However, apparently the uh, British Motor Corp, who owns the Mini, uh, refused to donate any cars to the making of that movie. <laughs> so, But they were in the in contact with the chief of Fiat Motors, who was willing to give them anything they wanted. That's why the sides of the truck said Fiat. There are The whole movie is populated with Fiats. Even the Mini Coopers are Fiat 500s. <laughs> It's absolutely amazing. In every oh scene, God. you see Fiat logos. Oh, gee. Well, hey, I think the Mini Co- the Mini Cooper is a British car, right? I believe... Yeah, yes. uh, British Motor Corp. And the Fiat is a, an Italian car. And the movie was made in Italy. So it only makes sense to promote an Italian car. And British would be like, no, we don't want our car in that, no. Well, by that same logic, though... The 2003 remake was, had is, Coopers all over the place. It's called the Italian Job. It takes place in L.A. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that famous pipe scene is that goddamn throughway that's in Greece that I saw in American Horror Story once. And fun fact, it is actually in a BTS music video. Okay. I mean, the intro had the back of my phone in it. For God's sakes, I think people know. I can't hide Help me. one of my passions. So, uh, so as we mentioned, the film we watched this week was the 1969 Italian Job. So, this movie—I'm <clears throat> not prepared. So, this movie was written by Troy Kennedy Martin. It was directed by Peter Collinson. Um, this movie is actually f- most infamous for its cliffhanger ending that uh, is talked about and discussed throughout I've history. Never known that is how that movie ends. Ever. Really? Never. I've never known that's how that movie ends. Well, uh, as we lightly talked about, this movie has actually received two remakes in recent years. So you had the. Uh, the L.A. set remake in 2003 starring Mark Wahlberg. Um, and there was an official Bollywood remake in 2012. There's a Bollywood remake? But, dude, oddly enough, that's a remake of the remake. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. It's fine. <laughs> um, in 1999, this movie actually made number 36 of the BFI Top 100 British Films. Okay. And... Another fun little tidbit is that the score for this movie was composed by Quincy Jones. And he included a song that you heard towards the end of the film, the South Preservation Society, which actually features the vocals by Michael Caine himself. I did. I recognize. I'm like, is Michael Caine singing this? Is he literally going, the South Preservation Society? I'm I'm listening to this going, this is fucking ridiculous. Oh, my God. Oh. So this movie, I was immediately drawn in from the opening Paramount logo, how it starts on the, on the infamous mountain, and yep. then it does that tilt down to the windy road. Yes. 
I was hooked. That was awesome. <laughs> I love the old 60s graininess. I told I told you that, like, I love that graininess look. That old, like, you know that that film is strip is on its last legs now. And it's really restored pretty well. It wasn't that it, bad. This is a beautiful restoration. Like, they brought this movie to HD in one of the cleanest scans I've ever seen. Yeah, like... There are times where I'm like, this is definitely a movie from the 60s. And then I'm like, okay, no, this isn't too bad. You have to kind of like engross yourself in the film for a little bit in order to like pass, pass through the movies almost. This movie is like, is it 50? Almost 60 years old? No, 50 years old. It's almost 50. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. 50 years old. Ugh. Um... The, the opening credit sequence of this movie was like super 70s. Yes. They did this, that like inside the car shot with the credits in the uh, front window. Technically, you would think, you would say this is like the pioneer of that because it was 69. That's very true. Um, and this was at, the credits for this movie were actually replicated uh, very closely in Tarantino's Death Proof, which... <laughs> He did it in his own very Tarantino way. Yes, but... which I have not seen, so I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, we will get to that eventually. Yep. Shall we go down the five-page list I have of notes? Oh, boy. Here we go. So I do my best to kind of play-by-play the movie, but my play-by-play is not she wa- She looked at him from down the hall. He looked at her. No, mine is my snarky-ass comments. First comment, I love how this movie looked in the 60s. <laughs> Second one, that's a nice car. That opening car was a nice car. I don't know what kind, but it was like a red, low kind of it's like a sporty car. Yeah, it was beautiful. Also, did they do their own driving or were there stuntmen with this? Because some of the scenes that I saw when they were driving, all of them, it looked like the same. I know they had gloves on and everything, but the the body features looked the same and i know it was the 60s where stuntmen were there but like some people wanted to do their own stunts i don't know but like those that driving he was driving in the alps that looked fucking dangerous some of those turns like you turn there's no road you're just like fuck <laughs> i mean it's very likely that they actually had stunt drivers but yeah. um you never know some actors prefer to do their own i mean yeah. Look at the your most hated actor in the entire world, Tom Cruise. I don't Tom say Cruise. his name. Oh, <laughs> I cannot explain why I hate this man, but I hate this man. And a couple of my favorite movies in the world have him in it. Interview with the Vampire. Love it. Hate Tom Cruise. <laughs> we're not going to go into no, Tom not. Cruise right now. We'll get there when we get to one of his movies. Um, I noticed that one of the guy's last names was Coward. I was like, that's a sucky last name to get in a movie. Also, also, Benny Hill is in this movie. The minute I saw his name, I just went, in my head. I was like, oh my god, Benny Hill. I watched that show when I was a kid because my parents are the children from the 60s. So that, all old British TVs, I've watched, I loved Are You Being Served, The Benny Hill Show, Monty Python. My dad loved those shows. Absolutely fabulous. That's, like, one you probably really haven't heard of. No. Oh, my God. But you'd know two of the ladies that are in I don't remember their names right now. I'll have to look it up. I'll show you later. But 
Oh my god, that show is stupid. It's like the Seinfeld of England. Only it's two ladies in fashion. Oh boy. <laughs> oh my god, it's great. <laughs> um, the opening song, which I know I saved. I had to save to my YouTube because I thought it was cool. On days like these. I thought that was a really cool kind of like 60s, like kind of like almost getting out of the big uh, the big band era, like Dean, Dean Martin and like Sammy Davis Jr. It felt like that, but it was still very like, hey, it's the 60s, it's swinger, it's happening kind of thing. I was like, all right, I'm saving this song. I really kind of <laughs> like this. That, uh, that, for those who don't know, The Italian Job is a comedy, which... I'd never really thought, I thought it was of it action. as a comedy. Yeah. I have to say, the opening of this movie, that one hell of a way to open a comedy with yeah. a fucking mob hit. <laughs> with the mafia standing over the cliffs and the dude just like slamming into. What did he it's slam into? Like a tractor. Into? into the tractor. Good lord. Why is the Italian mafia portrayed in this movie as using tractors to hit as, as like their hit things? They use that tractor twice, and I'm it, like... I think it was a pretty cool method. It is, but I'm just kind of like, why do you have a tractor in the mountains of Italy? Like, are you crazy? Why not? Oh, my God. <laughs> um, yeah, I was like, oh, boy, is he going to die? Jesus. <laughs> just that, <laughs> boom, the fireball. I was like, holy hell. Well, I, I felt like that, uh, that opening, it, it almost throws you for a loop you like mm. you think you're sitting down for a comedy and then all of a sudden it's like what the hell that's dark i don't know like i i knew there was gonna be like a little bit of that but i didn't think i didn't think this was a comedy honestly. i really i didn't get comedy vibes the from most first of it. half i got comedy vibes until i would say probably once they get to italy that's when it, it's not a comedy anymore to me but the first half, till they get to Italy, I'm like, this is just nothing but, like, 60s humor. Like, oh boy, 60s humor. Let's get into that part. So, also, baby Michael Caine. He was born in 1933. I had to look this up. This movie was in 1969. So that means that man was my age in this movie. And I was like, damn. And he's still kicking ass. Oh my god, he is... Wasn't he, um, not Commissioner Gordon, Alfred. Wasn't Alfred. he Alfred in Batman? Was that in, um... Begins the Dark Knight and, uh, Rises. Rises, okay. I've only seen two out of three. I'm not a Batman, I'm not a Batman fan. I'm not <laughs> a comic book fan. Um, first thing. How did everybody already know that there was a heist happening in Italy? Right in the beginning, when he was getting out of prison. They just yeah. kept going, oh, he's got a heist happening in Italy. And I'm like, how does... He doesn't even it know what's going on. It immediately started. Like, yeah. it was so weird. Although, I do love, like, that opening... That moment when he comes out of the prison. And he immediately gets picked up by uh, his former girlfriend who stole, stole a embassy vehicle to come Pakistan pick him up. Pakistan embassy vehicle. Uh, green screen driving. You could tell automatically oh, she was yeah. driving in front of a green screen. I actually... Um, before we jump past it, I thought that uh, that pickup scene mm. was perfect because it it immediately cements that this character is a guy who's he's a criminal. 
he's he's only friends of criminals Mm -hmm. that he's never gonna get out of this life even if he wants to and like it just immediately places you into that mentality that like there's no escape escaping a life of crime like prison's just a vacation in between jobs for him like oh i got a nice hot three hots and a cot cool i'll be here for a little bit (laughs) you know like they even kind of uh hint towards that a little with the idea of like people say to him like oh where have you been and he's he says like oh i've been in india shooting tigers yeah like they always they kind of allude to like him going to prison is like just an escape from the real oh so um when did you get out i mean come home (laughs) like (laughs) like jesus um so he gets to the hotel and he sees that the embassy car is being inspected by the police and he giggles and i'm just like oh this guy's a jackass he's gonna be like yeah you in trouble um and then it just opens this next sequence of like I I was laughing because this put me right back into oh it's the 1960s, um, ladies and mirrors, and him coming out looking like he just banged every single one of those ladies in that room, oh, all of them yeah. together. I'm like, damn. And then I'm like, oh yeah, the 60s in England was just sex. From Austin Powers, we should have known that. I mean, that was definitely a. Austin Powers was one of those movies where it was like, oh, this is, like, just embellished. It wasn't exactly like that. I'm sorry, this movie, like, right there. And didn't Mike Myers say he, like, took cues with Austin Powers from Michael Caine? Well, yeah, that's that's why Michael Caine ends up playing his father in the third one. Which, oh my god, like, (laughs) every time I think, now I look back going, yeah. Get it, Mike Caine, get it. Um, My note is, dude, be straight fucking hard. (laughs) (laughs) and then i was like i want to live in the 60s i loved how women dressed i loved the big hair the bouffants and stuff and i just liked how women were women and men were men but like that nowadays will not fly no (laughs) like women were very like you have to stay here you have to be protected you have to be coddled and men were like i'll go do the hard stuff like immediately like he puts her on a plane and gets her the fuck out of there yeah. Like, Charlize Theron is a huge part of the remake. And it's because like, it's a different era. It is. It's a different era. But, like, I really wanted her to be in more scenes. I wanted her to be one of the drivers. I think that would have been badass. But also, I get it. It's a different time. You're not going to... It's not exactly the same. Right. Um. Also, his name was Charlie Crocker because he's a crock of shit. That's what I put. He lives a life of just... Like, I think he lives that life, so he's just a crock of shit. That's a good point. I yeah. didn't even really think about that. Um, And then he meets up with the widow of the guy who blew up in the beginning sequence. And she gives him everything for the job. Da, 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 and then they straight fuck. Like, Off screen, of wh- course. Wh- yeah, but like... Michael Caine has some tact. Dude, I'd watch that. <laughs> I, would wa- I would watch him. I would watch, rest in peace, Sean Connery, and I would watch Harrison Ford, even at this age. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Old men. Woo! You get to be in your 30s. Shit happens to your brain. (laughs) (laughs) So, Uh, this money they were stealing, they tell you it's $4 million. Equivalent of today is almost $30 million. Shit. And that's only 50 years. So, what they stole in 1969 would be the equivalent of almost... 30 million dollars today today 
I guess that kind of makes sense because I remember thinking when he, when he was saying four million dollars, I was like, "That's that's not that a is lot. not a lot of money." That's not a lot. <laughs> but Even then, thirty million isn't a lot. It isn't the the heist in the remake like almost like like a hundred million. Like it's up there, yeah. isn't it? I don't remember details. Like, don't quote me on that. Shows how much the times have changed. I know. Though. Like, shit. If somebody said a billion dollars, I'd be like, "Why are they flying that in?" Like, just wire it to a bank. I mean, to be fair, they were transporting it in gold bars, so... Like, yeah, but nowadays they'd be like, hang on, wiring it to your bank, okay, done, Why? Yeah. You know, this would be a whole different story yeah, at that point. this would. Um, We already talked about the comedy of this a bit, but, mm-hmm. like, it's a very, very much in a British style. I love British humor. It is dry it is in your face. It is beautiful. Well, this movie, like, it presents its story. The whole narrative is, like, told very straightforward mm-hmm. crime heist movie yep. style. But then there's these moments of peppered British humor throughout the entire thing, which I guess makes it a comedy, but... I guess, like, but just think, they are different times. Like, comedy nowadays, you have to go pretty hard with comedy nowadays, like, you don't have to go that hard back then. Like, that probably... A lot of that stuff where we were straight-faced for, like, okay, whatever. Like, that probably got roars of laughter back when this came out in movie theaters in 69. Like, I would love to ask my grandfather. He probably saw this in theaters. Ask him, like, hey, dude, what did you think of this movie? I'm not gonna lie. A lot of the comedy didn't land. It not didn't? Not for me. No! It... I get why it was supposed to be funny, but it was just, to me, it didn't do anything. This movie was for a specific type of people. For British kind of humor, for car people, for people that enjoy that heist action movie. Like, you're someone who enjoys, like, thriller, horror kind of movies. I enjoy kind of, like, stranger movies. Like, I enjoy, like, weirder comedies, I guess. Like, to this, so this, I was like... Okay, I've always wanted to see it, but after I've watched it, I'm like, alright, well, some of it just didn't, but I'm also not of that error. So some of these jokes were like, they just went right over my head. Well, like I said, this is a very very much a, your standard heist movie. Yes. And honestly, I think a lot of the heist movies we see now take their basis off of this film. Hmm. One in particular that stands out to me is actually Fast Five. So, I know you don't like the Fast and Furious series. I have no reason to hate the Fast and Furious You also series. have never seen any of them. I've never seen it. I've but, seen Tokyo Drift, like, for 20 minutes. <laughs> I hated it. <laughs> but, um, Fast Five is, they actually, that's where the series kind of, like, shifted and things became <laughs> different. Because it's a car movie, shifted, get it. Puns. But, the, uh, the format of that movie, like, getting the getting the group together them practicing what they were going to do mm-hmm. to like get every beat of the heist right all comes from Italian yeah. job and it's it's so prevalent it's ridiculous you can see where a lot of action and a lot of like those kind of movies that have like all of these elements the the little bit of humor the little bit of like the badass main character you can see where a lot of modern movies pull from old movies like this. And you can also see where, like, they pull from other ones like all the old James Bond with Sean Connery. And 
who was the other dude? Roger Moore. Those two, you can see a lot of those kind of action, kind of a little bit of like humor mixed into them, get their influence from these movies. And this one, I saw a lot of influence for a lot of action. Like even the Expendables, like that whole scene where they're preparing in that first movie, I'm like, this is kind of beat for beat the same thing. And it's kind of cool. And I don't know if this is the original that started all that, but it would be really cool to be like, hey, this little, you know, British kind of comedy action thing, you know, movie took, you know, little cues and like movies just went with it for years and decades and decades now. We're still using elements of this, which is pretty cool. I like that. Yeah. I just wish the humor landed more. Like my favorite line that was, I know it was supposed to be funny was give him a good going over. I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> Until like it clicked a couple minutes later. I was like, oh, they're going to beat the shit out of him. <laughs> I was like, is that British humor? Or is it just me being ignorant? I think uh, I think some of the comedy moments that worked best for me were the the little things that they didn't really draw attention to. Mm. So like, the one that stands out the most was the uh, during that kind of meeting scene where they get the whole crew together and they're introducing each one of them. Mm. Uh, it's right after he introduces the professor. Uh, there's this little moment where he's like moving on to introduce the next guy, and you watch the professor like put a, I think it was a cigarette or a cigar in his mouth, mm. and the, the other guy goes to light it for him, but then he's like eating it. <laughs> he just starts biting pieces off. Benny of it. Hill is fucking weird. It was weird. so funny. Oh my god, I didn't catch that. The one thing that I caught was. Um... Mr. Bridger, the guy's like, oh, I brought you this, and I brought you this, and also I brought you this magazine. There's a picture of the Queen in it. Like, British people are obsessed with the Queen. They really were. And I pulled up an old picture of what Queen Elizabeth looked like in 1969. She's a very, very pretty woman. Very pretty woman for, like, the, like, to me, she looks very British. Because, like, I believe British people have, or anybody English or Scottish or Irish, they have a very very sophisticated proper look to me and i was like oh yes the queen looks beautiful but she looks like the queen she looks proper she looks gorgeous and then cut to he goes into his room and he just has fucking cutouts of the queen all over his walls <laughs> and i'm like this is supposed to be funny because i'm american i don't i'm just like okay straight up is obsessed with the queen all right that's funny speaking of mr bridger oh god that man for the entire movie up until like right before the heist I felt like I was. I kept asking myself, "What the fuck is this guy's deal?" Yeah, exactly. Like I kept one. Like I couldn't place whether he was operating from prison or not. Yeah. And then finally, somebody said, "Oh, what does he think he's gonna control the world from a prison from cell?" From a prison cell. I was yeah. like, "Oh, all right, he's in prison." <laughs> but I laughed because, like, all the guard at one point, and this is very British humor. Very British humor. At one point, the guards were escorting him to the bathroom and guarding the bathroom so because he has a poop schedule, like, yeah. obviously. And Crocker interrupts his poop schedule for, like, oh, I have a heist. Da, da, da. You should read it. I think you should go with it. But obviously, I laughed because the guy's like, you ruined my schedule. Like, he's straight up British humor has a poop joke in the Italian job. That's funny. Because you see how much, like, I have to say it. American humor is very uptight. It is. It's very mm, uptight. Yeah. It took years and years and years to get to that point. 
that joke would never have landed in America, in my no. opinion. No. But in England, in 1969, you ruined my poop schedule. Like, that's funny. Uh, Am I a child for thinking that was hilarious? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, poop humor doesn't really land for me ever. No, I mean, no, but, but it's like, I'm, I grew, okay, my siblings are much younger than me. Two of them are 10 years. One of them's 20 years younger than me. So I still have kind of an immature yeah. sense of humor. <laughs> I think the uh, the part that confused me the most about that character was the like the funeral where he just showed up. He's outside of prison. <laughs> like... He showed up outside of prison. They're there to bury Aunt Muriel. That has to be a joke. There has to be There's something gotta be, with that. Yeah, I don't know. Because they're all standing around like thought. Like it is a image of like a mafia pose where they're all like doing this or holding like bats to their hands and yeah, like do, shovels like, and, like, shit. and I'm sitting here going what is happening what what is this? this scene makes no sense but it has to be some sort of like oh it's reference to this all right cool somebody give me cliff notes because I don't know whether I should be laughing or be like oh is this really is this like serious yeah Aunt Muriel will turn in her grave why like, why are we, where did, who's Aunt Muriel? Well, why are we burying Aunt Muriel? What's happening? I just took that, like, the ending of that was basically his, just his warning that if they fuck up this job, they're gonna fucking be killed. Yeah. But. Or, you know, give a good going over. <laughs> However they said that. Uh, uh, basically, from here, we get into the actual heist. Almost. I have a couple of notes. Okay. Everyone is bent. That was their, like, oh, people, like how we say people be fucking crazy. Everyone's crooked. Everyone's crooked. Everyone's bent. I loved that. Um, the scene where they went, met with Miss Peach, how the two, um, I think it was, I don't remember the guy, the guy who wore the pink suit, him and Crocker. The, what the fuck was with that pink suit? He's in Italy. It's fashion. I'm not touching that one. God damn. That was a nice suit. And it was like the shirt was even sparkly too. Like, woo. But he and Crocker are in Miss Peach's home after she just said, oh, I had to put Mr. Peach in a nursing home because he went after the maid. That humor was great. But did you notice they were stroking pussies? They were petting the cats the whole time. Yes. I was like, that's that's funny. That's hilarious. That scene was so weird and awkward, especially since it then cuts right to him and he's not, like, he's in just another room. Yeah, he's just in another room. But, like, they put some, such an emphasis on this guy being, like, a chubby chaser. Yeah. Like, I only like big ladies. And it was for literally 20 minutes. Like, it was the maid... And then when Crocker goes to be like, oh, would you like to be part of this heist? Yes, I would love to. And then he has the two big ladies on the back of the car going, yoo-hoo. And then when they're in Italy, he grabs the lady's butt. On the bus. On the bus. And there's no, like, to me, they were like, oh, we need somebody who has computer skills. Okay. Where did that man fit in? Where else? Like, I don't was, know. I don't know where Benny Hill's character I was. I thought I missed where, something. I know. I'm sitting here going, wait a minute. Where? Why? Because they, like, took him into the police station after. They took him after. in the police station, and that was it. Like, we didn't see him. Was he with them in the car? No, he wasn't with no. them in the bus when they got away. So, I don't... Maybe they just kind of skipped over, or maybe, maybe it was a deleted, deleted scene. scene. I'm I, hoping, because I'm like, what happened to Benny? Like, Benny was just straight, well, well, we're done with you. Have fun in Italian jail with the fat lady. 
Ah. Like what happened? <laughs> oh, when they're in the ta- when they're at the meeting and they're around the table. Yes. I have to point out that one of the dude's hair was so blonde and so shiny and so pretty. I went, the hair. Hair in the '60s was so pretty. There must have been so much hairspray. <laughs> oh God! Yeah. Oh my God! Just from that. Oh, and him calling. Uh, every time they did the like the scene where they were going over the cars and doing everything, and he, they kept calling him Governor. All right, Governor. Like, what does Governor really mean? Like, what is that supposed to mean? I know in Mary Poppins they call Mr. Banks Governor. I believe. I think it's supposed to be like a term for like gentleman of the house or like the head of the household but i just love that term all right governor it's just so weird so governor in british slang essentially means it's used to describe a person in managerial in a managerial position such as sorry mate can't come to the pub my governor has got me working late tonight oh my god does that mean i can make the guys at work call me governor you shall now refer to me as governor. <laughs> I don't think anybody is going to do that. Uh, no, I think they'll laugh in my face. <laughs> Crashing cars, blowing <clears throat> up cars. <laughs> and why does it look like every time the dude is reporting back to um, Bridge- Bridger? Oh, God. I Bridger. Bridger. That it looks like a Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous video from Italy. Oh, my God. Like he's, It's supposed to be like a secret message. And he's out in the open talking about this shit, and it's like, there's a dude standing right behind you listening. I honestly think that was probably a comedy element. That was probably supposed to be humor, but in my mind, this is an action movie. I'm going, what are you doing? You're literally compromising the whole mission. If somebody can understand English there, you're fucked. You're straight fucked. I felt like the, uh, like, since you mentioned the the car crashes and stuff, I Mm -hmm. thought the effects, the stunt work and stuff was awesome. Uh... None of it looked like flawed in any way. Even the um, the mistake crashes when they were testing the vehicles mm. were awesome. They like, looked like, oh shit, we really, we really fucked that car. Sorry guys, like <laughs> they looked like they were like, just fuck the car up, just, just do it, which is great because you want realism in that stuff. Absolutely. There's too many movies where it's like, all right, do it, but like, don't hurt the objects. And then you've got a movie where you're like, what? Why didn't they just commit? Why not commit to the destruction to make it feel more real? Uh, the mafia waiting for them was just really weird. What, all standing up on oh the my God, yes. cliff? My One of my favorite lines that I heard was, a question of prestige. That line stood... There were two lines that stood out to me. That was it. A question of prestige. That was what he said during the funeral scene. Break, uh, Brocker, Breaker. Bridger. Bridger. I can't. I'm doing bad. Uh, uh, the other line was what Benny Hill said to Crocker when they were at the bus. He said, fitting people aren't as lovely as flowers. I was like, huh, I like that. That's a very, that's a very nice line for what, what time of the world they were in. Like Vietnam War was around there in the 60s. And there was all the peace and love movement, and there was, like, hippies, and they were going into the 70s, which the 70s were about a lot of political change all around the world, honestly. So it's really nice that that fitting people aren't like flowers. Like, oh, why can't you be lovely on the outside as well? On the, in- uh, on the inside as well as the outside. It's like, oh, 
look, they put a positive, they put a message in this movie around the poop humor, you know? Around the poop. Uh. Oh. Did you automatically hate the American that was speaking when we were at the scene where the Italians were having dinner? That man spoke, and I was automatically like, Americans are so annoying. <laughs> we suck. We suck. You want to hear a fun fact? Fun fact! So this movie's primarily about cars and driving. Mm. Apparently, at the time that this was made, Sir Michael Caine could not drive. He's, yeah, You're, he's not seen driving. Nope. And when I think about it, you never see him driving a car. He only drove the great... The gray one, he drived it out of the lot, and then he drove it into a lot. That was it. You didn't see him do more than yeah, that. Yeah, it actually mentions that specifically. That's hilarious. That's funny. Was he Sir Michael Caine at this point? I do not know. 1969? I don't know when he I became... I would say no. Do you think they based um, the Kingsman character after Michael Caine? Uh, I do because Michael Caine did a lot more action movies, I think. I think he was known. Oh, he's for, done a ton. I think he's known for his his action. I could not get over how young and adorable he looked, though. Like he still has that baby face now, and he's like what eighty something. It's in there. It's there. It never <laughs> died. Um, very, very creative throwing a bike into elect an electrical like facility and shorting the power i yeah. was like dude that's kind of cool can i ask why the hell the <laughs> van carrying the gold was painted gold that was the most like conspicuous vehicle i've I ever seen i <laughs> don't know you would think they put it they'd like have that van as a flashy van and then put it in something that's not flashy like you're literally putting it in that van as like hey the gold's, gold's in here. In here. <laughs> I mean, if I knew that there was a heist that might happen, I would have been like, all right, well, we're going to put this in the back of, like, a mom's minivan and just tell her to go down to the station. Nobody would have been any the wiser. Exactly. Like, really. I honestly think, like, since we're getting into the heist here, like, I think it always fucking amazes me how filmmakers are able to organize these humongous set pieces. Yeah. Like, in this case, the gigantic traffic jam in the middle of Italy. Like, that was incredible. How much did it cost them to be like, all right, Italian government, we're going to promote this this place. Especially during that time. Like, yeah. How hard that must have been. They said that there was a soccer match going on. It was England versus Italy. Yes. And that was helping with the traffic plus the gold movement. Like all of these people out, tourists. I was like, damn. How much did it cost whoever made this movie? I think you said it was Paramount. Whoever, like them, how much did it cost them to rent Italy and how long did it take to film those scenes? Because you could tell some of it was stage, but some of it was actual areas. Like, you could tell some of it was actually filmed yeah. in Italy. This uh, this heist scene, which is a little more than a heist scene, so it's like you have the actual heist and then you have the chase. Yes. The heist scene itself, I thought, was a really cool build of tension. Mm. Because you have that, like, they get the van... Uh, pulled into that little 
uh, that little room. Yeah. And they they barricade the door and they're unloading the gold and then you've got the police bearing down on the door trying to break it in. It was like just like a nice ticking clock moment and it yeah. was really cool. I I felt. It built some tension, but I'm used to like worse tension, so I was like, "Oh, are they going to get out? Oh, they got out." Well, for the time. Yeah, for the time like it would have been, "Oh my god, are they going to get caught?" When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to bluenile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at bluenile.com for $50 off your purchase. bluenile.com code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. We interrupt your regularly scheduled film talk for this important announcement. I know what you're thinking. Oh, God, not an ad. But trust me, if you have ever had a passing interest in podcasting, then you're going to want to hear about Anchor. Anchor is a podcast platform by Spotify, and it is way easier to make a podcast with absolutely everything you need to capture your audience all in one place. Anchor has the tools to help you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And choosing to host with Anchor means that you can distribute your podcast on all major listening platforms like Spotify, naturally, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and many more. It also allows you to begin earning money with your show with no minimum listener requirements. Anchor was our first and only choice when we decided to start our show, and we cannot recommend it enough. So if you have an idea to podcast, don't wait any longer. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I do like how the two trucks that they use to smash, like to block traffic kind of, where they didn't secure the cars on the top down, so when they started to move them or do anything, the cars fell off and were, like, falling on police cars and, like, ruining more stuff. I was like, those smart bastards. They didn't tie those cars down for a reason. I was like, nice. Very nice. I also felt like this, getting into the chase sequence, Mm. I felt like this entire movie was, like, an advertisement for how awesome the Fiat 500 was. Yes. Because, like, they show this thing... A, it's driving through all these different terrains. It's going through mud. It's going driving through water. Mm-hmm. It's like racing around in these tight areas. It also seemed like the filmmakers were just having fun shooting in areas that they would not normally be able to. Like on the steps of that church where there was a wedding coming down and they were just crisscrossing in front of it. Like that was... You kind of want to sit there and be like, did they actually do that at an old church? <laughs> oh, dude, kudos to the stunt drivers of this movie. Damn. that The one that stood out to me was the cop that stopped just short of falling off the building. Oh, God. Holy shit, the timing. 
very like you you're thinking like that guy's like you got one shot you got one chance if i fuck this up i'm going over like it was oh my god perfect and the tires were like right there i was like oh okay that's like a real like that made me really tense i wonder if that guy got out of that car and was like oh my (laughs) yep um i had one one issue with the chase Okay. There was no music. It was lacking something. So, like, there's so much going on. Like, they're driving, you can hear the engines, you can hear people talking. There was no real background music. Until they actually got out, we're clear out of the city, and, like, getting onto the bus. Yeah, I think the music kicked in right around when they're going through the water. Yeah. Um, like I was hoping for a little bit of background music, like a little bit, like something tension building. Yeah, kind of. Kind of like, but no, there was nothing. Like there was a scene where this was before the heist happened, where they're coming in the truck and they pull in and the birds fly away. I'm like, that would have been great if there was music behind that. See, I kind of liked that there was no music, only because like then it allows like the sounds of the engines and the chaos around. Yeah, because you to... think in that movie they're probably trying to sell the Fiat. Like that car was badass back then. Like, we have Fiats now; they're okay. Like I don't Fiats really... are not really a popular car. No, they're not. But, I don't think like, they ever have been. They're the, they're almost like the they're the around here they're the they're the little cars that compete with the Mini Coopers, aren't they? I like, believe so. The American ones aren't as great. I know they're still British and they're still Italian, but they're not as great. Like my, I had an old Jeep, which was literally just the Fiat chassis on the compass is the Fiat chat is the Fiat chassis, but it's got the company Jeep and badge on it, which you can kind of tell because I've been in a Fiat before and driving it. I was like, yeah, these are very similar kind of handles. I know a little bit more about cars than you do. So it's kind of weird. To like, oh yeah, the chassis and the suspension and you know how it drives and how it like I don't know shit about cars. <laughs> I can see his face going like what? I'm a movie guy. <laughs> um, let's see. They had so much fun throwing cars off cliffs in oh this my fucking God. movie. <laughs> oh, it was so like pull <laughs> The the other two cars didn't blow up, but that red one. Boom. Boom. <laughs> I was like, Oh buddy. Um <clears throat> The helmets, I hated the fucking helmets. Oh, the hel- the helmets looks like looked like they pulled them out of a fucking Mad Max movie. Yeah, I was like, where did these fucking helmets come from, guys? <laughs> these are stupid. Like they don't really conceal your identity at all. Nope. <laughs> I nope. guess it's protective, but. My favorite part of the chase was when they went up the building, like the Sydney Opera House looking building, literally turned around. Because the police car, like, struggled to get up and died. And they were like, oh, bye. I was like, what was the point of that scene? But it's still cool at the same time. Again, I think it was just them. They got permission to do it. So they were like, yeah, let's just drive them can where we, drive we can. drive on this building? Sure, why not? Oh, the the dude, like, flirting with the lady when they're stuck with the car. And she just hauls off and slaps him. I was like, <laughs> yeah. Where'd you go? Oh, my, one of my notes the poor bastard that stuck with Charlie during this heist. He probably wants to kill himself. Because he just, every time they went back to Charlie in that car, he was judging how just he was driving yelling the at whole him. time. I'm just, just like, oh Drive God. faster, they're getting closer. I would have been like, Mr. Kane, I need you to yeet yourself out of this fucking vehicle right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
The river scene was really cool. I'm really shocked that the smaller Fiat's didn't get carried away with some of that water. Yeah. Like I was like, oh, they had those stunt drivers had perfect control of those vehicles. That's amazing. Yeah. They, a lot of the scenes, honestly, the, a lot of the chase scenes, a lot of the stunt work in this movie is very impressive, especially Mm. for 1969. Yeah. Like you see a lot of this shit now and it's become second nature. But thinking about it then, the logistics must have been a fucking nightmare. You're thinking about all those chase scenes and like, oh, that would have been really cool if there was a drone. There were no drones in the 60s. No. You had those fucking metal-ass crane arms that you had to set up every time that you wanted to do one of those and pull it back. You did, like, oh my god. But even still, you had those, like, really cool dynamic shots where it was, like, all the cars racing at the camera and the yep. camera's, like, keeping pace. It that... was incredible. Like, yeah, the ones were on the side, and you can just imagine this camera operator, like, this out the side going... Just don't smash me into a rock, please. Well, I guarantee they at least had the cameras rigged to another car. No, but you're thinking, but... like, in a action thing like this, like, no, I think I can get the camera lower. Like, you can totally see a dude, like, oh, yeah. all right, go. Like, People do that now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you movie people are fucking crazy. That's all I have to say. You know it. Oh. <laughs> Anything for the shot, Leah. So I have a couple of weird questions about the chase scene. Okay. How many cars do you think they went through in this movie? Because you watch them smash three to four cars just in the training thing alone. Yeah. And then they smash the three really nice, the Aston and the two Fieros right there. Yeah. And then you watch them smash the three Mini Coopers. You got to think they probably had a lot of accidents, a lot of problems. They had all of the Italian police cars that all of them got trashed. Like how many vehicles did they go through in this film i don't know i mean everything was donated by fiat itself i think fiat honestly probably approached this movie as a giant ad yes so i guarantee that if this was like a huge ad for them they essentially just donated as much as needed like oh we have these cars that you know would be really good but they're not the best all right they're going to be in a movie where they're getting smashed and totaled i think that's perfect also do you think the the cars that they smashed and threw over the edge in the Alps. Because I believe that is actually the Alps. Do you think they had to go and clean those up afterwards? Probably. That, especially the one that fucking blew up, man. Can you imagine being like, oh, gotta find all the pieces yeah. <laughs> so we don't litter. Like, what? Uh... Oh, God. Um, The pipe scene. Honestly, the recreation in 2003's. That one's cool. I love that scene because at one point, the Mini Coopers do this. Yeah. And I'm watching them in this movie. You can see where the inspiration came like, oh, they're doing this, but what if we go, woo? I don't think those cars could have done that. I think Probably it would have like, boom. <laughs> and how did they do that? Did they actually scope out real pipes like that and go through it, or did they build those? That's a good question. Like, be if those were built, ooh, good. But if those were real... Man, that's got to be fucking unnerving. Being like, all right, we're going to go through this mile of real tunnel pipes that go to a city. I mean, this is what stunt drivers do, though. Oh, my God. And back in, like, I would say now, they took a lot of safety precautions. In the 60s, I don't think they took that many safety precautions. I mean, there are probably more safety precautions than there were in the 50s or 40s, but, you know. Um, Mr. Mr. Breaker did nothing. Why were they chanting for him in the prison? They were all like... 
make or break. Why? I don't that know. Was, that was literally five minutes of that scene, and I'm like, this is so stupid. It was ridiculous. But it built up the tension for the ending. <laughs> it did. Because it's like, oh, I win. Oh, I'm the greatest. God. And it's like, The ending. You? This is the pinnacle definition oh. of the cliffhanger. It, Let me tell you. <laughs> it's literally, you're leaving on Michael Caine crawling going, keep backing up. I'll get the gold myself. And the gold's just getting closer to that door that you know is going to go, whoop. Well, that I'm just sitting here going, I hate movies that end like this, but this is the ultimate cliffhanger. Well, that's the, <laughs> that's kind of the whole idea here is like, you have the, it ends on this, this notion of like, A, everything they work so hard for throughout this movie is like, if they hold on to it, they're going to lose their lives. Yeah. But it's also coupled with the idea that um, them pursue continuing to they're pursuing this uh, hope of getting away scot free and like this lavish future where they they've made all this money on this heist, but it, it's just slowly slipping away, and it, it's perfect. It's this beautiful ending to a fun little heist film. And it's a nice, like, it's a nice way to end a movie where these are all career criminals. Like, this is their life. Like, yes, you can have that one moment of happiness, but one person, like the driver of the bus, screws up, goes around the corner too fast, and now they're teetering on the edge. Literally, if they just get out of the bus and save themselves, they'll be fine. But the fact that their greed is getting to them and they're like, no, 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 we can save it, we can save it, like... There is no way y'all are getting away with this unless you get help, basically. It's kind of funny when you say say that. Uh, literally, it, if you look at that in, that ending scene, you can kind of see that as a metaphor for the life of a criminal. Yes. You're forever teetering on the edge. Yep. And yeah, you could do good one day, but the next day, man, you could be back behind bars if you are a career criminal. It's, like, it's beautiful. Like, I think it's the perfect ending. It is. It, it, I wouldn't have wanted it any other I way. I hate when movies end like that, but it was perfect because I was like, I want to be like, is there a bus in the Alps still? Like, are all those men like 90 years old going, hang on, we can get it. Like, <laughs> And I personally can't remember the ending specifically of the remake. I can't either. But I don't think it ends that same way. No, no. I think that cliffhanger is perfect for that movie. But <coughs> I don't think that um, that the Italian job with Mark Wahlberg and everybody, I don't think it ends the same. But all I remember is the only scene that's in my head is I'm going through the pipe spinning and then Charlie's there and like holding the wheel and going, woohoo! That's the only, that's the only scene that sticks in my head. Yeah. But I do remember watching it in theaters, enjoying that movie. And my dad going, oh, Italian Job's a remake from the 60s. And I'm like, what? Because my dad was like, oh, I want to see this movie and your mom won't go with me. I'm like, all right, I'll go. And I was just like blown away at how cool it was. And I was like, oh, I didn't think action movies could be like like this. But yet, like, I'm a snotty 17-year-old kid at that point, And I'm like, I just want to watch Harry Potter. Like, I don't want to watch something stupid like this. This kind of like, that movie got me into, all right, maybe action movies are a little okay. Makes me a little sad that we can't cover the Italian job, the two thousand three version. We can still talk about it. I mean, but I we'd have to rewatch it. Like I don't remember it enough. It's been 
It's been 84 years since I've seen it. <laughs> that's 2003, so that's like, what, 18 years almost? How'd you feel about the score for this movie? What score? It was literally, to me, it was a lot of, like, that 60s, that... Like, that was it. Like, there was no real, like... But that was the score, like... All the music in this was composed for this. I wish it was. I wish there was more. Like I'm not saying I wanted like top hits of the '60s and '70s in this movie, but I really wish there was more. Like it flowed with it. Like I mean, you've got John Carpenter's Halloween, which was made maybe like what four or five years after this movie was. Yeah, it had like a really good score during the tension moments. Why didn't this have music during the tension moments? Like, why was it all like... This was 69? 69, yeah. So, Carpenter's was 78. Yeah, uh, that's fine. It's not a decade later. It's still like (laughs) nine years. It's fine. But, like, it's still that same... I don't know. Like, I wanted more music. I wanted more score. I thought it was good when it was in there, but... Yeah, I mean... (sighs) I think the score wasn't, it definitely leaned a little more towards the comedy side of this movie. It wasn't so much like, it didn't fit the narrative perfectly, in my opinion. Yeah. I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. I thought it was great. It went really well with the movie. I just wish during the heist and the chase, there was more music geared towards that type of scene, those scenes that we were watching. Agreed thought the uh the editing was a little abrupt at times too yeah it was very quick very I, very quick i think that's a british thing or at least at that time that time era like now i there would have been a lot more like i think there would have been more cuts to the inside of the car nowadays yeah inside to what they were thinking what they were saying what they were feeling there were only two cuts there was two cuts in each car like oh you should get really clo- close to them or oh we're doing really good or drive better like like that was it yeah you had no tension in the cars it was all about the physical chase nothing about the the characters were the characters themselves were secondary characters to the actual heist in cars yeah that other than crocker you really didn't have and uh bridger yeah there wasn't much of a character build throughout this movie at all like all the characters were pretty much replaceable yeah like, oh, um, they put Benny Hill in there because he's a big comedian back then. Yeah. Michael Caine, big star, big name. That's great. I, didn't I don't recognize... think he was a big name at this point, was he? I mean, I think in the, in the he may have. I know he started his career very early, so I'm not positive. I mean, he was in his mid-30s at this point, so there might be other movies. I mean, this is a podcast. Let's be honest. This is a podcast where we don't fact-check a lot of this stuff right away. So if we're wrong, tell us. Like, I feel free want, to let us yeah, know in the let comments. Let us know if we're wrong. Like, I'm <clears throat> I'm not researching any of this stuff. I'm just feeling. What, but to me, Michael Caine is a big name. He's a huge name. Was he huge back in 1969? I don't know, but he was billed first on this, so I'm thinking he was. I know a lot about movies, but I don't know British movies. I don't know a ton about like actors' histories. So, like, yeah, I know a good amount. But the, I know a disgusting amount of 80s and 90s British actors because, you know, I was obsessed with British <laughs> stuff. Uh, so, that kind of brings us through the entire film. Yeah, it um, was it was a 
It was a quick film. It was a pretty it was good. It was pretty quick. snappy watch for the most part. Yeah. Um what were your overall thoughts of it? I loved it. Honestly, I love no matter what the context content of the movie is, I love 40, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s movies. I really do. It was a different era. It was a different time. Men and women thought differently. And from this movie, they definitely thought differently. Like, women seemed more like objects in this film. Well, 1969, <laughs> I mean. And I'm very forward for, like, positive thinking and girl power and all that. But, like, there was just something weird about seeing all these women standing there under everything. Like, Hi, Charlie. I'm like, ah, the 60s. This is a weird time. <laughs> like... But I love old movies like this. I love seeing different errors. I love seeing different... Just... It's so different from what we know now. Like, we, this movie... Oh, it, we have that question after, so I won't finish that thought. We can kind of nix that. But, like, I don't know. Like, I just loved this movie for the fact that it was showing us a time period that doesn't exist anymore. And I love it. I agree. I I definitely think that I I really enjoyed this movie, but I also like I've told you before I really like heist movies. There, and which is odd for being a person who's mostly a horror fan. Like I love the dynamic of a heist film and that build of like constant tension. Will they pay it? Uh, pull it off or mm. not? always have uh, like fuck's sake I'm probably one of the only people who went and saw the hurricane heist in theaters I don't know what that is what is the hurricane heist horrible <laughs> <laughs> but I digress um, this movie is like the prime example of a heist film it's like I said it's the heist film that I'm pretty sure most heist films base themselves off of mm. and while the comedy didn't land for me, I thought everybody did a great job in the movie. Uh, Michael Caine kicked ass as always. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I definitely think this was it was a fun film, and if you haven't seen it, you should. Oh yeah, uh, I you definitely <laughs> should. Any favorites, characters, lines, moments? Oh my god, I love Michael Caine. Oh, he was so cute back then. Oh, I love British men. No offense, sweetheart. Michael Caine, she's coming for you. <laughs> but um, I liked Michael's character because he kind of seemed like a no-bullshit kind of dude. Um, I loved the girlfriend or the ex-girlfriend or whatever she was. Hopping out of the fucking car in a skirt, jumping over and then going in and beating the snot out of him with a teddy bear. Because <laughs> he, he, he caught him in bed with two other chicks, like... But you brought eight other chicks to a hotel room for him when he got out of prison, so... <laughs> I'm just like, girl, what are you doing? But yeah, I liked the two of those characters. Um, I liked how each one of the the characters in during the heist or during the chase, they all had different personalities. Like You don't see them very long. You don't get to know them very much, but each one of them have a, had a different personality, had a different way of talking... It was it was kind of nice. It was a little refreshing. Um, my favorite line was the, the pity people are, aren't more like flowers. I do really like that line. <clears throat> I thought it was very fitting for that movie at the time. Like now, people would be like, "Wait, not saying I'm cool. Like I'm not pretty enough. Like you don't think I'm I'm a flower, you know?" But back then, it had more of an impact with the time that everybody was going through. I mean, maybe America more back then than 
England, but I know England had pretty much the same problems that America did back then, so. Uh, what, do you, what, what about you? Characters? Lines? I mean, like I said, most of the characters felt, like, so empty. Mm. Like, I feel like the only answer is Michael Caine. Michael Caine. For a favorite character. Yeah. He was awesome in this movie. He played that character so well. Mm. Um, <laughs> my favorite line, I think, like, there are so many good lines in this movie, but I think my favorite, just because it was so stupid, was uh, when he's on the phone with, um, I think it's the guy in pink, Crocker's assistant. Yeah. Or not Crocker's assistant. Um, Bridger, Bridger's assistant. assistant. And the guy says to him, I bet you can't even spell big. And then he hangs up and he's like, B-I-G, big. <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> but like, I felt like that wasn't the character going. That was stupid. That was Michael Caine going. This line is like, ridiculous. Who wrote this? <laughs> what, you think I'm dumb? <laughs> um, in terms of favorite moments, I I think it would probably be the where they're loading in the gold. Yeah, like that. Uh, no, the cliffhanger. That was like, that was the best moment of the movie. Just a little bit more. Just a little. That was perfect. Just because it was, it was so meaningful. Yeah. Like that moment was perfect. There's so much meaning behind that one moment. Yeah. Second would be the loading in the gold and that that tension build yeah. was nice. Come on, lads! Come on! Yeah. Does it work? Okay, so they remade this movie twice. One in one in American, one in Bollywood, Indian. If they remade this exact movie today, not at all. Not at all. All of the stuff with the ladies has to be cut out. Like, nobody wants to see that. It would be... It wouldn't be a comedy. There would be able, They wouldn't be able to put much comedy into this. Because you're thinking... You're trying to steal gold coming from the Chinese to Italy during a traffic jam. There is so much technology now... They wouldn't be transferring, transporting gold from China to Italy right now. Gold is so expensive now. They wouldn't dare do that. They'd wire the money to a bank. Then it would turn into a Tom Cruise Mission Impossible bullshit movie <laughs> at that point. Um, cars? I don't know if some of the cars can do what those cars did. Like, cars. the cars today are really good, but I don't know. Like, it would cost millions of dollars to do something like that now. And you're thinking going around Italy in sports cars in a heist movie? I mean, I honestly, this is an I don't know. I don't think it would, but some crazy-ass director out there would be like, dude, I got an idea. Like, you know somebody would. But I don't know, like, the context of the movie wasn't that bad. It was a little bit of sexism, but in 1969... It's expected. It was very expected. I mean, they did it pretty well in the remake in 2003, but they took out a lot of this stuff. A lot of this, like, was not there. Like, Charlize Theron wasn't put on a plane to go to Geneva because Michael Caine didn't want her around, you know? Right. Um, You had to definitely, like figure thing out it wasn't just one scientist that 
made a bullshit box that could be thrown in the trash to throw off a, a couple of cameras. You're thinking you gotta fool like a huge amount of people to get a heist over like this. So I'm gonna say a strong I don't know. For me, mm. this movie still works. Okay. For me, it does exactly what it sets out to. It's a heist film through and through. The benchmark of heist films. It uh, it builds the the tension. It keeps the fun of a heist going mm. throughout. Um, and then comes in hard with the perfect fucking ending. Oh my god. Um, I don't think it works for the rest of the world. Like, yeah. I don't think anybody who's never seen this movie before uh, or, like, a Gen Z watching this movie, I don't think it's going to work. Oh, God, I didn't even think about that. They would think this movie is stupid. Yes. I, like, no offense to that generation. No offense. But watching this movie now, I'd like to I'd like to have my younger sister. She's the only benchmark of Gen Z we know, honestly. The other Gen Zs or anybody younger we know is... One of your nieces, and she's like, what, seven, eight years old? Like, <laughs> well, uh, next time she comes to town, we'll have to get her in on a couple episodes yeah, we'll, here. We'll have my sis- we'll have my sister watch some old movies, but I honestly <laughs> think she'd be like, this movie's stupid. There's nothing to it, and you know what? Sadly, there isn't. I slid too far. Um, <laughs> sadly, there isn't much to this. There's not a lot of meat. No, it's you know quirky and, and funny and got action that that time would have enjoyed now honestly watching this from the eyes of somebody who appreciates older films i loved it somebody like my 16 year old sister would be like this is boring there's nothing to this i mean i could be wrong she could have seen this she could love it or she might be like why would i watch this when there's a remake when there's a newer one with people i know and that's the that's kind of the sad thing when you have these remakes, which falls into the category of when I when we watched Te- Texas Chainsaw Massacre when I watched it the first time. My benchmark is the remake from the early two thousands. So when I watch the old one, I'm like, this isn't scary. This isn't much. And that's where it kind of sucks. You wish that the older generation, like before you watch that, you gotta watch the original to appreciate right. what they've made now. That being said, mm. would you recommend it? Oh, God, yes. I would, because it's a classic. It's a classic. It's a benchmark. It's, <clears throat> I, in a word, think it's imperfectly perfect. Because there are things that are like, well, well, well I'd do that different. But it's great. It's a, it's a sign of the times. It's a sign of what the 1969 ideal heist action movie was you know and i would recommend this to anybody you like older films you like michael kane even in batman like from the christopher nolan christopher nolan am i saying that director right yes okay <laughs> in christopher nolan like if you appreciated that character watch his older stuff he was such a witty and quippy and funny or is still he's he not is dead. still yeah. i thought he, i forgot he's not dead He's not dead. Michael Caine dies, I'm going to cry. <laughs> He's like one of those. I actually uh. cried when Sean Connery died. I shed a tear. I was so sad. But, yeah, I would recommend this every day, all day. I would also absolutely recommend this. Uh, that's coming from a lover of 
these 60s, 70s, 80s movies. Mm-hmm. Like, I, for some reason, am obsessed with those decades. And this is a prime example of what gold comes out of that older period in time. Like, I love gold. We, <laughs> we don't get things that today like we did then. No, you and don't. This is a beautiful fucking example of an entire subgenre. Yeah. Uh, I I can't recommend it enough, personally. Yep. How do you think you would make this today? I think it's already been made. Um, the Ocean's Eleven movie with all the ladies. I would make this a ladies heist. I think it would be nice to see an all-female cast do this get like oh who are big uh well charlie's would be one today oh i I was thinking back then in the 60s oh like actresses from the 60s and be like okay we want to make a women only heist movie i would love to see that with the older the ladies of film i think that would have been great oh my god that would have been pretty interesting actually i mean charlie's angels that was around back then right yeah, but Charlie's Angels was well. I'm thinking of like the ladies that were. Show. I'm thinking of the ladies that were in Charlie's Angels oh, that series. Okay. Like, take those ladies and put them into a scenario like this: heist, driving cars. Do you know how many people would be tricked by beautiful blonde brunette redheaded women back in the '60s? Oh God! Oh my God! They would be like, "Oh, we never suspect these women." Meanwhile, they're like shoving their your wallet, your keys, your everything in their purses, and being like, "Bye!" Like womanly charms in the 60s oh it would have been beautiful so I can kind of agree I think I'm gonna approach this from like if I was making this movie today oh okay so my thought would be yeah I think you could I think the approach would be lose the comedy it didn't work really then or maybe it did it doesn't work but for us. It doesn't work for, for us. Humor, yeah. So I would lose the comedy. I'd probably go more the route that the 2013 or 2013, 20, 2003 remake did <laughs> um, and try to make it more serious. I would, it would essentially be the way Fast Five did where, where it's, it's about the heist. It's like about the characters. Mm. Um, I would definitely make it more about the characters. Yeah. I would flesh out every single member of that crew so that you knew and loved each of them. I'd put a little bit of death in it, too. Oh, yeah. I'm I, sh- I would have some of the characters yeah. die. I would try to maintain that ending. Yes. Because that was the best part, in my opinion. Try to leave on a literal cliffhanger. Maybe not a literal, literal cliffhanger, because nobody can do that. No, but no one, s- I don't know if you can do that again. In some degree, I would try to maintain that aspect of, like, of, like, the thing you want most slipping away mm-hmm. and like that whole element. Like I would love that. Yeah. So that, that would be my approach. I would obviously try to make it an all-star cast, like heavy hit, a bunch of heavy hitters together. Have Michael Caine come back just for like one scene and have Do, him like, I'd make Michael Caine play Bridger. Oh God. I'd do a role oh, reversal. Beautiful. <laughs> And be like, this seems familiar. <laughs> that would be awesome. Oh, God. I am very for, if you remake a film, having old cast members in the new film be like different characters. Oh, I am for that. Well, so this last question is something I'm going to 
I'm actually going to be more excited to ask you the deeper we get into this podcast. But now... Okay. Because you're still very new to this era of film for the most part. I'm a wee baby. So, is this exploitation or other? No, this is not. This is cut and dry an action movie that was made for the populace. This was to cater to... Um, people that liked hot women, fast cars, and British humor. This was a very mainstream film. I do not believe this was exploitation. I am going to wholeheartedly disagree. Ah, shit! No way! In the terms of what exploitation stands for, and you actually even just said it yourself, this movie was made for people who love beautiful women, fast cars, and action. Exploitation is all about playing to what people want. It's all about shoving as much things that people like into your movie as humanly possible. I would call this probably car exploitation. I don't. Okay. All right. Okay. We go fight. <laughs> I thought Grindhouse and exploitation was. Not of the norm. Like, oh, okay, here's a Disney movie that everybody wants. Everybody's been asking for this. Back in, like, 1992. You're telling me that that could be an exploitation film because people want that? People are asking for that? It's, alright. Disney really wouldn't, anything Disney really wouldn't fall. That's the only thing I could think of. But, um... Exploitation was all about, like, Roger Corman was infamous for this. He would, any movie that he produced, he would make the filmmakers shove as much bullshit in there as possible so that it would build the widest audience. So that, like, most people would go to see it and they'd get something they liked out of it. So you'd have uh, as many tits as possible, as much violence as they could put in there. Like, it was all about feeding that need that people had for those like things that they couldn't get at home okay so essentially exploitation that's why there's these weird subgenres in exploitation like nun exploitation car exploitation uh black exploitation that's why that's a thing like canuck exploitation like canadian canadian yeah. yeah um they it's all um it's all about that overabundance of shit. And this movie focuses mostly on cars. It's about the cars and the the heist element. So like I would call this a it definitely leans into the car exploitation subgenre. Alright, okay. So that's why asking me this now and then once we advance more into the genre, because I'm still learning about yeah. this. Once we get deep into this, I expect that you'll be able to be like, categorize oh, yeah, blah, 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 blah. this stuff. Yeah. Most people, I guarantee you, would not say that this is an exploitation film. No, I don't think so. I think exploitation is, like, weird. Because it's technically not. I think, for me, based on the period it was made and the facts what that, I saw... Yeah. I feel like it does lean into car exploitation. Okay. So, fight me, commenters. <laughs> but I think it 
that's where I'm going to categorize totally it. Totally got your hand in my shot, by the way. There's like a hand right in my shot. That's okay. So mad. We'll go fight for the second time in this, this episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you have anything else that you would like to say about the Italian job? No, I I liked it. Good film. Um, it's nice to not watch a horror movie. Yes, we are trying to mix it up here on Grindhouse. Yes. All right, but I guess that about brings this discussion to an end. Um, but don't go anywhere just yet. Before we wrap up this episode, stay tuned for the coming attractions. person in this room has the perfect motive Stand back! for murder. What do you mean? Murder. But only one of these suspects is the murderer. Is it the timid Mr. Green? Why are you screaming? Because I'm frightened! What? Screaming! Or the militant Colonel Mustard? If I was the killer, I would kill you next. Huh? Sit Mrs. White, who helped her husband on his way. What's well, a matter of life after death? Now that he's dead, I have a life. Ah! Miss Scarlet, who's helped many men along the way. Practice makes perfect. Huh. Professor Plum, who's looking for a way. I'm looking, I'm looking. Mrs. Peacock. I have absolutely no idea what we're doing here, but I am determined to enjoy myself. Or did the butler do it? No. 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 Paramount Pictures invites you to an evening of mystery. Murder. This is getting quite serious. And madness. <laughs> In the movie that makes a scene of the crime. <laughs> Clue. It's not just a game anymore. Are you excited to watch Clue? You have no fucking idea. I have already watched it twice last month just because i could for no reason i love this i love this movie so much you're not gonna get me to shut up next week not gonna get me to shut up i think uh i think i'm a little bit excited because i haven't i think we talked about it already i haven't really gotten a chance to see this entire movie in a very long time yeah this has at least five or six people that i adore madeline khan Madeline Kahn. I love that woman so much. So much. <laughs> um, the I forget who, Miss Scarlet, I forget her actress, but she did Rodgers and Hammerstein Cinderella. Loved that as a kid. Had to buy that tape, which I put away. We have that tape, which oh, we get to watch on this podcast. I'm so excited. Um, Tim motherfucking Tim Curry. Tim motherfucking Curry. That man has had a stroke, he's in a wheelchair, and that man still has a sense of humor. I love that. I love that man. My brother sings Toxic Love at work because he can. <laughs> we grew up with Tim Curry. Like, he is the man. Oh, we get to watch Rocky Horror Picture Show. We get to watch Rocky Horror. We get to watch Stephen oh King's It. I mean, I've already seen It, and I pretty much laughed. <laughs> We get to basically cover the his the gauntlet catalog. of Tim Curry's career. His entire catalog, Fern Gully for God's legend. Sake. 
I just recently when do what we just recently watched Legend like maybe within the last two years because I'd never seen Legend when I was younger. That was a movie because it has Tom Cruise. I vowed never to see it, but then I watched it and I have to say, worth I it. Fucking love that movie. Getting off topic. <laughs> tune in next week for Clue. Clue. And it's gauntlet of endings. Oh god. For more recommendations on films or coffees that you should check out, uh, if you want to check out our movie collection or just see some fun behind the scenes or if you want to chat with us about some movies, check us out and follow us on Facebook in, uh, and Instagram at Grindhouse Podcast. Um, find us on Twitter at GrindhouseCast. Uh, check out our Discord where you can mostly chat with Leah. Yeah. And all the links for that are down in the show notes. Uh, Listen to us and give us five stars on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your morning fix. New episodes come out first thing every Monday morning. If you're listening to the podcast and want a more visual experience, subscribe to us on YouTube where you can enjoy every episode in its entirety with video. And see our beautiful faces. <laughs> if you like, yeah. If you like what we're doing uh, and you want to show us some support, you can find all that information down in the notes as well. Until next week, I'm Sean. I'm Leah. Thanks for listening, and keep watching. Woo! Pew, 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 pew. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.